Yesterday I wrote a letter about what it's like to have chronic fatigue syndrome. I did it because I had a weekend battle with frustration and despair, and I realized that I needed some emotional support to overcome on a daily basis. I quit thinking that I could do this alone by my private dedication to faith. I need people's support. The devil wants to try to isolate us and then destroy us, but God has intended that we overcome in unity with others. We are not intended to be islands who must always overcome alone. We need the help of others, and it's futile to beat ourselves up for being unable to battle life's major assaults alone. He may call us to scale mountainous obstacles, but God doesn't intend that we do it alone. So I just needed to communicate to my family what this battle is like because few people understand it. However, today's message on making sense out of life's hard times is not about what it's like for me, but what the true goal is and what vital perspective is necessary to attain it. Today on Life Journeys, Pastor Hardika talks about the pathway to attain the freedom that comes from emotional control in the storm. It is not the description of a guaranteed formula to joy, no matter what. Rather, it is a simple perspective on one of the many bends in the road, one that accepts the responsibility to receive what we don't deserve, instead of blaming others or ourselves for what we do deserve. Yesterday and today have been hours where my preoccupation has been to just want to be as free as Jesus. Free to bear His image no matter what. Free to be like Him. It's a freedom from fear, anger, hurt, and every emotional reaction to every perceived threat. It's to be like Him when He stood before the crowd that wanted to crucify Him in front of those whom He had created, provided for, and pleaded for as the great intercessor. He loved them, yet they were calling for His horrible death on a cross. True liberty is the ability to maintain the meek and confident character of Christ. As those intended to bear the image of Christ, our destiny is to truly be free of the inner turmoil that this world's many perils unleash on us. Lord, I prayed, grant me a greater vision of the divine dignity that you have given to each one of your own. There's no need for us to yield to the flood of accusations that Satan throws at us. There is no call to beat ourselves to a pulp because of our own sins and faults. God is so great, and He has made us so precious in His sight. I don't want to exalt anyone's image of grandeur in themselves, but that we might bear the likeness of Christ, just as we are called to do. We're not under threat. The cross and resurrection have established complete triumph over what sin and Satan have done. Our glory comes from God, yet it is a glory that we have been given the right and the commandment to wear on our sleeves, so to speak. It's a great privilege to have a peaceful countenance. It's a great and refreshing kind of strength for the soul. To bear the image of God's love through self-control, patience, and rest is a mark of someone caring for others over oneself. It's a being moved by love for God and men. Love is patient, is kind, and doesn't keep a record of wrongs. It is the mark of God's glory which moves us so that we do not react to the wrongs of the world, but we act 
according to a higher nature from above. We have become partakers of the divine nature, Peter says. But to get there is a great battle of faith. I listened to probably the best sermon I've ever heard about Jesus and Barabbas. Jesus remains silent as the crowd calls for a criminal to be released. He lets the murderer and thief go because he loves them and he will die for him. Then I see myself trying to struggle with my sin, and I know it'll never be enough. I can't do it and I need to stop trying. I look back at Jesus as he's being whipped. I feel too guilty, for I've just blown it, yet he says, I've got this. I'll take your sin. Go and live your life. I've got this for you. It was here that I realized that I need to stop feeling guilty for being frustrated with my sickness. The more I can comprehend this ultimate demonstration of divine dignity in the blood, the dirt, and the sweat of a miserable death, and the more I can see the surrender of Jesus' will to the Father as the means of healing, then the more I will be able to embrace the peace. The inner turmoil that so often leads to lose control, the inner guilt, the frustration, and failed efforts to measure up to what it truly means to be a born-again human— is finally overcome. It is that inner turmoil that causes my own backlash at the world's injustice. Listen, no enemy can conquer the countenance of a redeemed man who walks in the shadow of the cross and knows the power of his resurrection. No enemy. No reservation in hell will be claimed by the one whose image has been forged by the love seen on the cross. Men's anger, their outbursts of revenge, and their uncontrolled compulsion for respect is not because of what the world, the devil, and their unfortunate life history has done to them. The ultimate reason is that they have let the devil pour the world into them instead of letting Jesus pour the Spirit into them. The empty grave has won the day. This world is not so bad because the inhabitants have been poorly treated, poverty-stricken and abused. Men are angry and empty and filled with fear and hurt and hatred because they have not let Jesus' victory reign in them by love and faith and humility. I am not angry because of what you did to me. I am angry because of what I haven't let Jesus do in me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because his love, power, and promise is stronger than your hate, weakness, and hopelessness. People don't remain in control of emotions, their tongue, or their trigger finger because their parents happen to be so nice, so gentle, and set such a good example. I can't live free of inner human passions to strike back, to defend myself, or become indignant when someone leaves their garbage on my front porch because I had the privilege of rich parents who had nice things and hugged me every night. Nor can I expect that I don't have the privilege to be free that others have because of the color of their skin, the contents of their bank accounts, or the sheltered life that put them in the best of circumstances. The elites of this world have used their hunger for power and their privilege to corrupt themselves and the masses that still buy their communist narrative. The tremendous dignity of peace, love, and a blessed life 
never comes from the world that men live in. It comes from within when the soul has been liberated from itself by Christ. It's not just the rich that thirst for money, power, and respect. It's not just the privileged that hunger for more of what they don't deserve. All men's personal righteousness is nothing more than a filthy rag in the eyes of God. No man can ever claim he lost control of his heart to love and live in peace because of what others have done to him. It's because of what he has not let God do in him. That means that a life of true liberty, happiness, and self-control is available to every man, and that every man needs to come to Jesus the same way, on his knees, as he beholds the Son of God, taking a beating for him until he's dead. The justice of God is that everything that has been done to hurt you and everything that has been done by you has been willingly laid on the back of the Creator of it all. You're not angry because you've been hurt. You may be angry because Jesus was bruised and broken for you and you haven't fully accepted it yet. I finally had to come to the place where I refused to punish myself for my failures and yours and to admit that I need a Savior every day and that I need the help of others. But I also needed to learn that knowing this is still not enough. I needed the daily privilege of finding a quiet place and learning how to let the presence of God wash over my soul. I need to learn how to let His Spirit make His Word real in me every day. If not, there will always be another injustice another crime against humanity, or another outrageous lie to fight. The truth is not found in an education, getting woke, changing the law, or getting revenge. The truth is alive. When I receive and partake of Jesus, I become the truth. That's my identity, given to me freely from above. Learning how to let the Spirit of God fill us with peace always includes learning something more about the much-needed mercy that God will always give, if we can just let Him do it. We'll find that the relief we seek is not merely knowledge, but it is the presence of God given to us, as we apply His mercy in every trial.